A good mentor can help set you on the right career trajectory and provide a sounding board for important decisions along the way. But how do you find the right one? This week on the podcast, I sat down with Dr. Amisha Singh to discuss how to identify mentors and how to maintain a beneficial relationship with them over time. Dr. Singh is a practicing dentist in Denver, Colorado that has worked in several different practice environments, including launching her own startup. She's also a faculty member at the University of Colorado School of Dental Medicine, where she serves as Interim Director of Diversity and Inclusion. She's also actively involved with the ADA and the Colorado Dental Association and was named one of the 10 under 10 ADA dentists in 2017. I really enjoyed my conversation with her because she provided actual concrete steps you can take throughout the whole process, and I know you guys will really get a lot out of it. Welcome to the White Coat Academy podcast, your source for all things personal and professional development as a new healthcare provider. Join me, Dr. Emily Funk-Reynolds, as we navigate the challenges young doctors face in treating patients today and work to better ourselves beyond our clinical care. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm joined today by Dr. Amisha Singh. Dr. Singh, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So as you guys know, we're going to be talking about the world of mentorship today and how you can use other resources to propel your career early on. So Dr. Singh, it seems like, you know, with all of the digital age and information that is available today, you could almost get the answer to pretty much any question you might have from CE courses or by reading articles online, but you are really still a big believer in mentorship. So why is that? Totally. So honestly, you're right. There's The answers are at our fingertips. There's so much fantastic CE. Um, there's incredible podcasts like this one. And despite having this much information out there, I think mentorship is this like old school art and it's not really well taught. A lot of people don't understand it, but for me, mentorship has been a key to really finding my path and um, aligning my path with my vision and the legacy that I want um, for a few reasons. One is this layer of accountability. Um, I can listen to as many podcasts or read as many books as I want to, but to really make that a piece of my life and to act on those principles that I learn about. Um, it's hard. There's no one to go to, to see, okay, how is this going to apply to my life? How do I um, work around these hurdles that I'm encountering when I'm trying to apply it to my life? And so to have someone who's been where you are um, or who's been where you are right now and go to ask them these questions, you can have this, this accountability partner, which really helps you take um, implementing these philosophies to a whole new level. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And also, you know, the computer or your phone can't talk back to you. So <laughs> I think sometimes part of the process is bouncing ideas off another person, which, you know, you can't get from just reading an article. And that's a really good point to bring up. Yeah, so, the other piece of that is also like the feedback, right? Like you talked about um, where they don't talk back to you. And and feedback itself, I think, is a there's an art to soliciting feedback, to getting really good um, constructive feedback. And I could spend a whole podcast episode on just that. But being able to ask your mentor for feedback and then applying that and then tweaking it is also a really essential part that you don't get with um, a one-way kind of learning avenue. 
So how have mentors played a role in your career so far? So like I said, they were pivotal. For me, the reason that I talk about mentorship so much is um, the piece that was lacking for me was intentionality. Honestly, when I walked out of dental school, so I'm a dentist, um, when I walked out of dental school, I knew mentorship was very, very important, but I had no idea of how to solicit a mentor, how to establish that relationship, how to make the best use of that relationship. And I think some stars aligned for me, and I was lucky enough to have some very pivotal people come and see something within me and um, guide that relationship, even though I didn't bring that intentionality piece to it. And now with hindsight being 2020, I look back and I say, oh, these people entering my life and giving me the time in investing in me, um, guiding me, they really helped me achieve way more than I could have by myself. So I was lucky enough to find people um, and make that work. But now what I do, what I try to do is teach those who come after me how to really intentionally seek out those relationships and make the best use of those relationships. Yeah, I think you brought up a really kind of big piece of it. I think pretty much anybody would agree that there's a benefit to having mentor, but a lot of us don't really know how to connect with and find appropriate mentors. So for you, it sounds like it was a little bit serendipitous, but do you know of a way that a young doctor could go about trying to find someone to act as a mentor for them? Yes. So I'm so glad you asked the question. That is the million dollar question when it comes to mentorship. And there's this um, there's this book that I read to my kids. It's called Are You My Mother? And uh, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> and so, so I was I think I don't even remember where I saw it, but somebody had photoshopped the cover. And then and, and instead of saying, will you be my mother? Are you my mother? It said, are you my mentor? And so this question of like, will you be my mentor? It sounds cheesy and it sounds uncomfortable. And, you know, if you ask anyone, I've seen people completely polarized over the issue. Yes, you should ask people to be your mentor. No, it's just a relationship that happens. So I, I, I really do think this is the million dollar question. In my opinion, it's a huge investment, right? Um, if I mentor somebody, I see potential in them. I'm giving up valuable hours in my day away from my family to help guide them. And it really is an investment. So I think um, without maybe asking the question so blatantly, you absolutely do have to set up expectations. And so I really do expect my mentees to um, prompt that relationship and set up expectations during that first call or the first meeting that we have. It, like you said, it's kind of like a fine line between making it super formal, like, will you be my exact mentor versus, I don't know, what what would you as someone who has, you know, mentees, what would you expect kind of as an ask from a potential mentee that would maybe be a slightly less formal, but would still let you know kind of what things they're expecting from you? So the way that I prefer it is um, you've encountered me somewhere, right? If you were my mentee, you either saw me speak at a seminar, you've attended one of my um, lectures as I'm a faculty at the University of Colorado, you've listened to this podcast, whatever it may be. So um, I think time is a very um, 
valuable thing, especially the power of now. And so when you see a mentor speak on a stage, for example, I really do believe um, to, to use the momentum of that moment and go up to them and say, oh my God, that was an incredible presentation. I loved this about it. And if it's okay with you, I would love to reach out with you to see how you can guide me in my career. You don't have to be as formal as will you be my mentor, because that's a pretty heavy question. <laughs> but um, you should absolutely ask permission of, you know, is it okay if I reach out to you to establish a relationship? And then also why, right? Because um, I think we'll get into this a little bit more. We can get into it now. But one mentor is not enough. Right. Um, the most articles will tell you about three to five mentors is the key spot and they address certain um, weak spots or things that you're trying to improve upon in your life. And so your mentor should know why you are their mentor. Like you said, it's important to kind of have multiple resources of people, I guess, to go to for different things, but just kind of as a guiding principle, what kinds of things do you want to look for when you're trying to figure out if someone would be a good mentor for you? Yeah. So again, that intentionality piece for me, the way that I now do it, um, because I can't rely on serendipity forever. I, uh, what I do is I sit down and I make goals, right. And when everyone will talk about the power of written goals, I'm a huge believer in that. And so when I sit down, I create goals for myself for the next year, the next three years, the next five years. And in those goals, what I try to do is identify, um, weak spots, uh, blind spots, things that I specifically want to improve upon. Um, and I highlight those. And then I go and look in my community, look at the resources that I have. And I ask myself, who's doing this well? Like if I were to, to gain this skill, and it would look like I gained the skill at 100% capacity, who's living that? And those are the people that I approach to be my mentor in that specific arena. So for example, when I bought my business, I knew that um, I needed a mentor to help me with clinical dentistry, right? Because that's one piece of the puzzle. But I also needed somebody who was really good at business and the business of healthcare, which is very unique from, say, owning a convenience store or a laundromat. And so I specifically sought out mentors in the industry and outside of the industry to help me get better at small business. And I think also, I mean, there can be things that you can learn from other industries as as well that might be an alternative perspective to your field that maybe people actually in your line of work don't really think about because a lot of times we just do things because that's how everyone else is doing it, right? But if you look at the perspective of, you know, maybe another type of business and can see how you can make policies or procedures that they have fit into your career, they could be a lot of value in that as well, I think. 100%. I am a huge fan of what I call industry agnostic learning. Um, one of my favorite ways to do this, um, which is actually a sort of mentorship. When we think of mentorship, we think of like person who is older than me, or at least further along in my path, and I may call them or meet them for coffee. And that's a very traditional view of mentorship, but there's so many different ways that can be true. And one of the ways that I love doing this, especially with people outside of my field, um, I don't know if you've heard of mastermind groups. I'm sure you mm -hmm. have. You're a devoted uh, leadership junkie as I am. <laughs> um, so we actually created a mastermind group um, a couple of years ago 
And what I specifically did was I made it so that it was a bunch of different people. So we had real estate agents, teachers, um, insurance brokers. Uh, oh my gosh, we had different venues of small business. We had people from academia. And so literally it was like a collection of minds from all different industries. And then we would talk about things that impacted all of us. And I would say the two biggest um fields that were so helpful to learn about in that kind of a setting. One was leadership because leadership is true no matter where you go, what industry you're a part of. And we really can stand to learn a lot about what other people are doing. And then the other piece was business and specifically marketing um, because the way people market in other industries can really change the game to the patients that you are accessing um, within your own field because everybody's doing it a certain way. So the mastermind group, I highly, highly recommend. Um, the other kind of uh, thing about mentorship that people accept as truth is this idea of they have to be older. And I'm a huge fan of peer-to-peer -peer mentoring. Some of the most pivotal mentors that I've ever had have been at the same level as me, you know, people who are... Um, the same years out of school and the same age, but we really were able to bounce ideas off of each other because I'm good at certain things. They're good at certain things. And so um, I wanted to dispel this idea of that mentor has to be like 20 years older than you. I think, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point because I totally have that traditional view of <laughs> a mentor needs to be older, wiser than me. Um, Cause when I think of my peers, you know, I more think of we're kind of just trading information, but that, you know, that's the same concept, just at a little bit different perspective. So that I, th I love that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of going along with that, do you think when you are trying to identify a mentor, you want to go with somebody who kind of shares your overall like treatment philosophy or practice style or would you be more open to looking at people that practice alternatively than you do? So when I mentioned um, seeking out these mentors, I talked about blind spots, right? And that's a big one for me is you don't know what you don't know. And so I, I'm a I'm a fan of collecting a group of mentors that will show you things from different perspectives to kind of minimize those blind spots. Now, that being said, um, I think that the mentors that you find have to be very well aligned with your goals, like we talked about, right? And so if, if you find a mentor who does something awesome, but it's not a part of your goals to, to do that specific thing, um, that mentorship can be a bit of a distraction. So I guess the one thing that I would um, encourage people to do when seeking out these mentors is really figure out, I mean, are they really aligned with what I'm trying to create and how much value will they be able to provide me? We want to find people who maximize um, that overlap and that alignment with us. But the great thing about mentors is they're kind of a, a door to even more resources. So let's say that you are a doctor and you are really looking for a fee-for-service practice. And so you find a mentor who has a fee-for-service practice. Well, we all know that that, um, that type of practice philosophy and that model is very different from, say, a high uh, quantity practice, right? Um, I, they're called churn and burns. I hate that term, <laughs> but, you know, that's one example. 
just because my mentor practices within the realm of fee-for-service dentistry doesn't mean that he doesn't have access to friends and colleagues and people he respects that practice differently than he does. So it would be great to say, hey, I really love this practice philosophy, but I think that I wouldn't be doing myself justice if I didn't find out more about the different practice philosophies out there. Do you have somebody who you respect who is um, a Medicaid practice, for example, that I could go and learn about that practice system um, from them? And they'll give you that number and you don't have to establish a formal mentorship with that person, but you can take some time to learn about differing viewpoints without um, investing in a true mentorship relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's my advice. So what about like the personality piece of it? Because ultimately, it it's like a, at its core, mentorship is a relationship. So do you try to look for people that have similar personalities to you? Or is that another piece where you can kind of learn from others who may be maybe less type A or something than you are? Yeah. So I get this question all the time is what's more important, um, the personality fitting together or the career goals aligning? And um, it's an awful answer. You're going to hate it. But both. Right. Yeah. Um, because you're right, it's a relationship. You have to meet with this person regularly. You have to spend time with this person. And most importantly, you have to build a strong enough rapport that this person is willing to invest time in you. And so um, the personality piece is very important because if you are mentoring somebody where your personalities completely clash and whenever this person speaks, it feels like nails on a chalkboard to you, that mentorship is going to die out, right? Um, But they also have to be well aligned with your career goals like we talked about earlier. I think that you can find people who are well aligned with both. Um, The one piece that I do like talking about, I love DISC. I don't know if you study DISC um, assessments or it's like it's one of the- Oh, like the personality types? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So there's so many out there, right? But in in the world of DISC, which is the one that's my favorite, we talk about different personalities and how like D's and I's are very different from S's Mm -hmm. and C's. Um, And so when we talk about team building, we're always trying to seek out people who are different than the personality types we are so that they can um, kind of cover our weaknesses, right? And so you have to figure out who you get along with, but it's totally okay to find a mentor who offsets your weaknesses. You mentioned type A, type B. Um, I am a very high strung person. And so when my mentee or mentor is more laid back, I can drive us forward and they can calm us down and it makes a very good mix. So um, my advice, the short answer to that is make sure that you don't sacrifice on either. They ha- Their personality has to match with you, but they also have to be very well aligned with your goals. So with that being said, you know, that the actual relationship piece of it matters a decent amount. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on more organized mentorship programs? Like I know a lot of our professional associations or our alumni associations have organized mentorship programs. And I think that's kind of the default for a lot of younger practitioners, because like we mentioned earlier, we kind of don't know where to start. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. I've actually been a part of formally structuring, let's see here, three or four different programs, some locally, some nationally. And the thing that I've learned is that the vast majority of programs out there are 
like the ones that set things up, right? And so what it, you know, we had speed dating very recently where um, mentees came and they were assigned a table and then the mentors came and they sat at the table and then there was like a five minute ding and basically the mentees went from table to table. And so you met, you know, 20 or 30 different mentors, potential mentors in a short amount of time. And then it was your responsibility to follow up. So that's a big piece, right? Finding the mentors, we already have heard from people who say that that's one of the hardest parts. So I love that organized mentorship programs focus on that. But I think that organized mentorship programs that don't talk about continuing that mentorship and how to continue that mentorship are missing out on a really big key piece. So the ideal ones for me are the ones that set you up and then have regular happy hours, um, you know, book clubs, whatever that may be, where the mentors and mentees come together to intentionally spend time together. Um, that being said, if you find a great way to find a good mentor, then kind of the ball's on you, right? Um, don't let it fizzle out. Don't assume that the mentor is going to take on the bulk of making sure that that um, relationship continues. If you find a good mentor, it's on you to make sure that you can um, create longevity in that relationship. Yeah, so I actually love that you kind of went down that road because that's almost my next question is like, I feel like finding a mentor is only half the battle. It's yeah. How do you kind of continue the relationship, especially because sometimes I feel like it can seem a little bit one sided because, you know, you're getting all of this value from them, but it's hard to kind of make yourself appealing as a mentee to your mentor. Yes. Okay. Best question ever. I love this because this is, I think this is the heart of why at least in my experiences, the vast majority of mentorships I've ever seen die out because this is not taught, right? So take it with a grain of salt, but this is the way that I recommend it. So we already talked about um, use the momentum in the moment. When you see somebody that you want as a mentor, approach them, start building that relationship from that moment, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to ask them, you're going to say, is it okay if I reach out to you? They're going to give you your, their contact information. Ideally, you're going to take that information and again, use that momentum and reach out to them ASAP. Do not wait a month, okay? okay. Um, so you're going to reach out to them and you're going to say, I would love it if I could have X amount of your time to um, to maybe some, ask you some questions and establish a relationship. So when you're emailing them, you're telling them, I need an hour of your time. I need two hours. So they know in their minds how long this initial um, contact is going to be, right? And you're going to tell them the way you want it. I would love to buy you a cup of coffee. I would love to um, have lunch with you. I, I would love to have a Zoom call with you, right? You have to... Um, take the guesswork out of that first meeting as a mentee to make it easier. You're going to have that first meeting. And at that first meeting, one show up with questions, right? Um, you are going to use that first meeting and they are too, to vet, to see if this is a good relationship. If you guys sit there and stare at each other and aren't able to hold a conversation, maybe that um, personality piece might be missing from that mentorship. So one, vet the opportunity, but come with a bunch of questions so you can really um, gain value out of that meeting without relying on them to take the ball and run with it, right? Um, and at that first meeting, make sure that you take about five to 10 minutes to talk about your expectations of that relationship. And this is the part that gets a little um, iffy with new docs, right? It feels <laughs> funny to say, I would love 
to meet with you once a quarter or once a month or whatever that may be. Um, but think about it this way. If you don't ask, how do you know what, how does that other person know what they're getting into? How do you know if you even have a mentor, right? It's really important to address that elephant in the room and ask, is this something you're willing to commit to, right? And you should ask in a way that, um, I've, I've made this mistake before where I assume that um, everybody loves me and they're going to invest time in me because why wouldn't they? <laughs> These incredible people that I, that we're approaching are so busy and it's totally okay to, to create a safe enough environment for them to say, I'm really busy right now, but you know, maybe instead of once a quarter, I can meet with you once every six months or maybe reach out to me in a year um, and and maybe we can reestablish things then when things are a little bit more calm for me. So it's important to just kind of say, it's okay if you don't have time. I'm, I'm okay to, you know, meeting you on your own timeline or whatever that may be. Um, so that first meeting is pivotal to establishing the frequency, to establishing expectations. And then the other piece of this also is that that frequency is totally going to change. If you are in the middle of a very fast changing time in your career, you're going to have to meet with that uh, mentor more frequently or at least have more frequent conversations. For example, I mentor people who are trying to get into dental school all the time. If they are in their senior year of high school, I probably don't have to meet with them that often because what they're doing is kind of autopilot as compared to the day the ADSAS or like the week before the ADSAS application opens, right? At that point, there's a lot more questions. Things are moving a lot more rapidly. So as a mentee, I always like to say, I would love to meet with you quarterly, but if I need to increase that for any reason um, for a short amount of time, I will let you know. That's a really, really good point. Like depending on where you are and where they are, that things can change and not to be off put by, you know, them not being able to devote as much time to you during a given phase of their life. Um, but would you say in general that like kind of quarterly is a manageable expectation for most mentors like is that what your recommendation would be yeah I think that's a good like in my mind at least that's been established as like a good baseline is um you know because if you go any longer than quarterly um it does tend to impact your relationship right you don't you don't even know what's happening six months is a very long time to wait my recommendation and this is me personally as a mentor um when I have especially young mentees I like to mentor them on not only their life and their career and their questions, but the art of being mentored, the stuff that we're talking about right now. And so when I meet them, I always tell them that you're going to tell me how often we're going to meet. You're going to tell me what you need from me. But the other piece of this is don't go the whole quarter without checking in. Um, even if we've established that we're going to meet quarterly, I would recommend just shoot a very quick, easy email at least once a month and say, hey, Dr. Singh, these are the things that we've talked about. This is the progress that I've made. Um, you know, if you have any feedback, I welcome it. Otherwise, I will check in with you next month. And that really helps continue to build that rapport over time without losing some of that momentum. So it seems like you kind of want to almost let them know that you are like taking their advice, that you're putting into action the things that they're telling you to do or giving you advice on, right? Yeah, totally. And it gives me the opportunity to intervene, right? If they've completely misheard my advice or if they're headed out into la la land where we, you know, that's not helpful to go there. Or if I have another resource where I'm like, oh man, I should have mentioned that. 
um, waiting quarterly is too long to get that immediate feedback. So those monthly emails, I think, are a really good way to keep a pulse point on the, the relationship and um, the game plan, if you will. Yeah, that's a that's a really good idea. I think I've never actually had anyone tell me that, like how to really structure it. So this has been super helpful. I guess my kind of final question would be kind of at what point did you transition from being a mentee to a mentor? And are you kind of having both relationships at the same time? Or like, how did you know when you were at that point in your career? Um, so I knew when people started approaching me to ask if I would be or <laughs> in, in more formal and less formal ways. Um, I honestly, I think that until the day that I take my last breath, I hope that I have the privilege to always have a mentor. I don't think we ever outgrow that phase because there's always something we aspire to, right? There's always growing left to do and having a mentor is a fantastic way to do that. Um, and so I... I don't think I ever foresee a time in my life where I won't have a mentor, but um, having mentees. So this is a very important piece that you mentioned, and, and that piece is value, right? Um, when I first got out of school, I would ask myself, why in the world would anybody ever want to mentor me? Like all it is, is I'm, I'm not paying them. It's a drain on their time. They're right. obviously very busy because I want them to mentor me and they're successful. So why would anybody do it? And so for me, during the course of finding mentors, I tried really, really hard to always provide some kind of reciprocal value, which is super hard to do. Um, and that's what I encourage those of you who are listening right now. Um, no matter how little you think you can contribute to somebody, there's always some goal or some value in somebody's life that you have something you can contribute to it. So I always, during that first meeting, I always tell my mentor, I really appreciate the time you're investing in me. And if there's anything that I can do to help contribute to a cause that you support or a goal that you have, I would love to be able to do that. And a lot of times, I mean, I've had doctors who I've like shadowed at their practice, they say, leave me a Google review, right? It takes me two seconds to do that. But mm. that provides value to them. Um, I one of my most pivotal mentors is Dr. David Rice of Ignite DDS. And when I approached him, um, I, I said, put me to work, I love what you're doing. And he started me uh, started me off in the world of writing and speaking by writing blog posts for his website, um, which is a service to students. Um, but I think the biggest piece that another one of my mentors taught me is mentoring it forward. Um, he says, I'm investing time in you because I see you as a future leader. So I want you to find other future leaders and invest time in them. And, and I think it really is um, cyclical. And, and that's the beautiful thing about mentorship. Yeah, that that's a really awesome point that you know you kind of want to just help keep the cycle and you know we all love our professions and we put in all the time and effort to get here because we're passionate about it so by bettering ourselves we are you know bettering the profession in years to come and hopefully we can pass that on to the doctors that follow us 100 percent yes so thank you so much dr singh i think we've got really good, actually actionable information that we can take out of this, because I feel like mentorship is kind of like this nebulous topic that we all know we need, but now we actually have some concrete steps to get there. So thank you so much. 
My pleasure, Emily. And um, please feel free to send out my email um, with the information on this call. If anybody wants to reach out or if they have any questions, I am always happy to help. Great. I definitely will. Thank you so much. Take care. I love how Dr. Singh broke the whole process down for us in really concrete steps, and I will definitely be using her advice going forward. As always, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. All right. I'll catch you guys in the next one.